of uh, good things going on. Boy, we have a lot of people visiting, and uh, we are blessed with a full household. We have dear friends from Tennessee who are staying with us, so if you've not had a chance to meet them yet, we have Mackenzie and Jacob sitting down there, and Kirk and Jonathan, and they, uh, Kirk and Jonathan are going to be bringing us our message this morning. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, we are about to have a lot more workers full-time for this church, so they are support raising right now, and three of them are going to be working here full-time, it looks like. They uh, are under the oversight of this eldership and will be involved in things going on in this congregation, even as they're planting house churches. They're focusing, really, on universities that are around here and just the pool of people uh, that are there that need the Lord. And what a great opportunity for uh, for lost people, for uh, this congregation, and uh, for these young folks. And uh, they're raising primarily a lot of their support through the church that uh, supported Alicia and I's work in Africa for all of these years, uh, the North Boulevard Church of Christ in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And so we're so thankful to have them here with us and uh, get to know them, start loving on them, because they will be our own in a couple months here. They're, they're arriving the very end of, of May, and so uh, I'm just really thankful for this opportunity. It's kind of a unique thing that the Lord has done, and uh, uh, possibilities of what he is going to do with this, I'm not sure where it's all going to go, but it's captured my imagination. And uh, we're just thankful for it. So uh, let me hand over this mic now uh, to my brothers. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having us. He's Kirk. And he's Jonathan. We are preaching together today. today. <laughs> so, um, so like we said, uh, my name is Kurt Gallagher, and I've been interning at Raiders for Christ um, at Middle Tennessee State University for the past two years now. And uh, so what I do there is that I mentor students um, and I help, uh, help them to strengthen their faith um, as they go through the tough college years. And um, and so we got together, and so we chose Eugene, Oregon, um, for our place to uh, start a house church. So the reason why we chose Eugene is that um, because we, we looked at a map, and um, there's a map that shows the campus, uh, campus specific Church of Christ campus ministries um, at Division I colleges. And we saw that University of Oregon doesn't have a specific Church of Christ ministry. Um, and so we uh, were looking at the Pacific Northwest anyways. And um, so we got together, we kept praying about it. And uh, so we just felt that God was calling us to this area. Um, so that's how uh, we got to Eugene, Oregon. I was asked about a month after they started planning. And at that time, I'd been a new believer for a a little bit less than a year and a half and so my dream for most of my life was filmmaking and making videos and video production so when I came to believe I was interning as a video production type job at a church and 
I was surrounded by the church that was pushing disciple-making and furthering the kingdom. So I was blessed to, right off the bat, have a culture pushing us to make disciples, and right off the bat, see a clear goal in my faith and a clear meaning for what God wants for me. And I really believed, and I still believe, God means a lot for everyone, and he has big plans for everyone. And I believe that here for everyone and that's a big reason we want to be a part of this. So we, during the two years, that was towards the beginning of fall 2017. So we've been planning for almost two years. And during that time, I took over directing something called the School of Discipleship. And that's where we pray an hour every morning, eight to nine on weekdays. And then after that, or in the afternoon, we'll do a Bible study or training for disciple-making. And before me, someone named Ken Carlson, who was one of my interns, was directing it. And before him, Calvin actually was directing it. So I took over for him there, and now I'm taking over here as well. So one day we read through the Gospel of Mark start to finish, no breaks, We didn't take any pauses. We just read from the beginning to end. And it actually flew by really fast. It took an hour and a half, but it didn't feel that long. And there's something really special about seeing it as a whole rather than a few individual verses. And I believe the same for this package of four parables that we're going to go over today in Mark 4. So if you want to go ahead and open up We're going to be reading Mark 4, 1 through 34. And I'm going to start off with the first parable, verse 1 through 20. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, So that I got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose... It was scorched. Since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and they may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes 
and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. They have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. So there's land with dirt and crows and rocks and thorns, and it's not very pretty. And so I like to think of when I used to drive to visit my sister in Harding. We would drive through a specific way in Arkansas, and I don't know if all of Arkansas is this way, but it was very boring. There was not much there, and I just hoped to get through and make it to the destination. And in the same way, some of us can know that the world is not very pretty, and there's a lot of rough stuff going on, but we try and just push through and get to heaven. Just try and go through the path until we make it to our destination, which is heaven. But the pain is hard to ignore, and it's hard to not face all of the hurts. And we know God doesn't, and we know he wants it to change, and he doesn't want us to just go through the path and try and make it to the destination, which is why he says the word. And so... Everyone, just take a second and think about it. I'll reread the meaning of the parable. Think about people who maybe you can think of as falling under these soils, and think about where yourself may fall. These are along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And these are they who have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the, world, choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And I think there's a sense of needing to think about people who aren't the good soil, good soil but I don't think there's a need to have doubt for what God can do. Peter is a nickname given by Jesus to Simon. His real name is Simon. Peter comes from Petra, which means rock. And I'm sure there's a few reasons Jesus did this, but I believe one of them is because he's the rocky soil. When Jesus is crucified, 
and the disciples are persecuted, he denies Jesus. But another reason he's called Rocky, which is what I think of as a translation of Peter as a nickname, is because Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church, and the rock is Peter. And so clearly people can change, and things can change, and the bad soil can change too. And I know in my life, I've seen change in myself, but also all around Murfreesboro. You can ask me or Jacob or Mackenzie or Kirk, and we'll all tell you we can see something special going on. And God is really working in that town. We're in the most rapidly growing phase of Christianity and history. And a lot of people are saying it can't happen in America. But I don't believe that. And I think we'll see it. And I think we can believe that what happened in the New Testament can happen here. And what's happening in other places in the world can happen here. And my work in college ministry in Tennessee, the School of Discipleship is mostly among college students now. And I'm also involved with where Kirk and McKenzie work. And things are happening. And students who have been oppressed by guilt have broken free and loneliness has vanished. Lost students have a light shined on them from the Christian students the very first time they meet each other. The barriers blocking the students' hearts are removed and the hearts change. The students are there for each other and we feel very comfortable that when we move, we aren't needed because the ball is rolling. And we know the personal conviction and power and attraction of the word isn't attractive because it's shaken by contemporary culture and it's not powerful because it makes us feel good. There are books that make us feel like not doing anything and religions that make us feel good. But the word gives passion and we've seen people have determination and passion. And more than that, we've seen people come to life. So it says, you have been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. And we've been blessed to actually experience the kingdom of God rather than have vague ideas of what it could look like. And I'm happy to share stories. I don't have permission, so I don't want to as much here because I want to be careful. But one story, though, is I was in a small group, and during that time, in the small group, there were three girls around my age, and all three of them had their lives turned around. And one of them is still very involved and a huge blessing and makes disciples. And I wanted to single out this small group because Alicia was actually a huge, huge, huge player in all three of those girls. And so I definitely know in a way different than you know 
how much of a blessing Calvin and Alicia are. Because during that time, this was the very beginning of my walk. I was with them in that small group, and I saw a lot of change happen. And so, I believe we can see it here. And All right, so now I'm going to talk about the parable of the lamp. And uh, I'm just going to read verses 21 through 25 for you. Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So during college, I studied accounting, and for what reason, I have no idea. I'm still trying to figure that out. but I, I guess I just wanted a boring life or something. Um, but during school, I um, struggled to find focus on my classes, and I let a couple of them slip away. And uh, I'm not too proud of that, but through hard work and uh, the grace of God, I can gladly and humbly say um, that I did end up graduating uh, with an accounting degree. Um, but I didn't have many aspirations or a huge desire to further uh, my schooling with it, or even become a a CPA, uh, which is a certified public accountant, uh, which is what you pretty much need if you want to go higher up in in the accounting realm. Um, But I did want to give accounting a try, though, uh, because I didn't want the last four and a half years of my life to be a complete waste. Um, So I was uh, able to find a job at a small local accounting firm in Nashville through a friend. And uh, so my job at this firm uh, was to be an auditor. Uh, So I would uh, travel to clients and run some uh, tests on their financials. And um, I would just make sure that everything was, you know, accurate and running smoothly. And uh, also during the end of tax season, I would uh, just help prepare um, just a couple of the smaller tax returns. uh, Because it was a super small firm, so there wasn't a huge amount on staff. Um, Don't worry, I'm kind of boring myself, so I'm not going to go into full detail of everything that I did there. Um, But uh, throughout the six months there, I wouldn't get a whole lot of interaction with people. Uh, Shocker. But especially with people my own age. Um, And I just felt that, uh, that my purpose, it just, um, that I just had no purpose in what I was doing. And um, I just personally felt like a lamp that was hidden, and my gifts were not being used to their full potential, and um, especially with working at that firm. Um, I was just having a real hard time uh, understanding my walk and understanding uh, my purpose in life. Um, So I just really struggled a lot uh, during that time, but I kept praying um, to God to reveal what I should be doing. Uh, So being in constant uh, prayer, asking God to reveal his purpose for me, and listening to God um, is what truly got me through that time. Uh, So I'm just going to read verses 24 and 25 again for you. 
Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. So if I didn't have this relationship with God, there's no telling where I would be right now. Um, And uh, listening to God and his truth has really allowed me to be in the place where I belong. Um, And this goes for anyone. Uh, The like if, if you listen to his teachings and, and hear his truth for you, um, then like it says in, in, in the scriptures, the more understanding you will have. Uh, so the more in tune you are with his spirit, uh, then that will allow you to be more guided by uh, him so freely. Uh, so don't forget to let your light shine, and God has given you this light to show others his love. Uh, gifts are meant to be shared, and uh, God has... Um, given you this gift. Um, He's given us this gift to each and every one of us to share. And so you have so many opportunities uh, living here in Oregon. So keep praying to God for these opportunities and to not take them for granted. This is verse... Is this on? Okay. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, and then the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. This is another parable about seeds but notice how the first parable of the seed was the word and this time he says the seed is the kingdom so this shows that there is power in the word itself and there's great power in the word the sermon that jesus is giving is more than just about the kingdom of god but it's the very bringing about of the kingdom of god on earth Like I said, sometimes I just want to drive through Arkansas and just get there, and we can just want to push through life and get to heaven. Here the kingdom of heaven is brought to earth, which is why there's a demand to hear. This parable minimizes the role of the sower. He just goes about his day and goes about life. The power is in the word. Likewise, When I first came to Murfreesboro after college, I interned at the church, and my boss was named Paul, and he discipled me and did a Bible study with me. And then Ken Carlson was also on staff, and he discipled me too. And they both took me to lunch. And they asked me, on a scale of 1 to 10, as far as faith goes, where would you say you are? And I told him, I told both of them, there is no scale with me. A scale isn't even a thing. It's not happening. There's no way. It's impossible. And in two months, my emotions were mostly kept to myself. And so I don't think they saw it coming at all. But one day, I saw Paul and I said, I'm a Christian now. I'm ready to 
go do whatever I want. I'm really happy, I'm really excited. And clearly it kind of caught him off guard. And the same thing happened with Ken. And I know with some of the people I've discipled and baptized, just over and over I've asked, so what do you think? Have you thought about baptism or if you're ready? And they say, yeah. And I think I didn't really do that much. That's kind of surprising. But it just happens. So don't think certain people can't do certain things or change. And don't think it can't happen. There's power in God's word. And you can expect change. And Jesus says over and over, listen, and he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Because he wants you to not just hear it, but believe it and experience it. By spreading God's word, by believing and listening, and believing in the power, it doesn't take much. It just happens. All right, so now it's the parable of the mustard seed. Uh, I'm going to read verse 30 through 32. Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make nests in its shade. So the important thing to know here is God is all-powerful, and he'll use you even through the humble beginnings. Uh, He can take something so small like a mustard seed and make something great out of it. Uh, Because this is describing the kingdom of God, uh, we, we know that his kingdom is rapidly expanding here on earth and that God reigns over everything. Through Jesus' ministry, uh, we, we saw that it started out with the 12 disciples and him sending them out to preach about the kingdom of God and to also heal the sick. Then after sending out the 12, he then sends out 72 other disciples uh, to preach once again about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Um, and then we can also see in Acts at the day of Pentecost uh, that there are 120 people there Uh, to hear Peter preach about the good news. And as Peter continues to preach, God continues to use his words um, to bless the church and those who hear the truth. So God added 3,000 people to their number. And then it continues to grow into 5,000 people. Uh, So you can see how God takes a small ministry of Jesus and continues to grow the kingdom of God because of the influence of Jesus and the life that he lived and the death that he endured. So with our group coming to Eugene, uh, it started out with a prayer to God just asking like, where he should send us. So now in the past like year and a half uh, through prayer and preparation, um, it's been the three of us, Jonathan, Mackenzie, and I, um, who are taking that leap of faith and following God's plan for us. Uh, so we know that God uh, takes small, humble beginnings and grows it into something amazing. There's evidence in uh, the Bible of that happening, like I just mentioned. And uh, so we believe it's only through through God and through his righteousness uh, that we are able to come here to Eugene uh, to start this house church. And so we are expecting uh, something like this to take time. And uh, so we are going to be patient um, through this process. But we believe, we truly believe, 
um, that God is going to bless our efforts. But as long as we continue to trust in him and we continue to submit ourselves to him through prayer and fasting. Um, So we are going to continue uh, to pray for God to provide us with people uh, who are open to hear about Jesus. And so with us being here, we are extremely excited about working alongside Eugene Church of Christ uh, while seeking the elders and the Calvins um, help uh, through this entire process. We are looking forward to getting to know all of the members here. And um, we uh, just want to be available to all of you and uh, to be a part of this church as much as we can. Um, We are planning on helping here uh, because we believe in this congregation. Uh, We have seen what prayer warriors that y'all have been and the servant hearts that y'all have. Uh, We are so, so grateful for um, how much y'all have prayed for us and and please continue to pray for us uh, through this process. And uh, also continue to pray for the students at University of Oregon and for the students at Lane Community College. Um, And then we will also continue to pray for Eugene Church of Christ as well and for the community around your church because that's so important. Um, So we just can't wait to see how God uh, works through the both of us um, to works through the both of us together to accomplish uh, spreading the good news of Jesus and therefore expanding the kingdom of God further. I once taught a class that was a full hour on this section, and it was teaching, not preaching, so it was pretty in-depth about how the parables connect. But just one thing about the connection I want to point out is the three parables about the seed go through the life of the tree. It starts off with the sower sowing the word. The next parable, it grows by itself. And in the third parable, it becomes, the, it becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So to wrap it up, I'll read 33 and 34. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. I've been told that parents will say, until you have a child, you don't realize there's this whole other side to life that you can't even think about. In the same way, having spiritual children, having disciples, making disciples, there's this whole other side of life, this whole side of understanding the Bible that you had no clue was out there which is why he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And as it goes through the life of a tree, it starts small, and Jesus points this out. It starts with humble beginnings, and there's great power in those who think they have none, and great power in places where people think there is no power, and God's not doing anything there. And is the man who furthers the kingdom a ruler or a lord, or is he a child? He's a child, which is why we can all expect big things to happen, whoever you are. There is a study about evangelism that was done that took all the evangelistic methods, all the ways people could try and spread Jesus, 
and tried to find out what was the most successful and the result was this is funny the most successful people were the people who tried and the study seemed to say no matter what if you try god will bless it and so don't settle one of my favorite messages i try and turn uh, i try and put into every time i teach or preach is don't limit yourself and believe in god and you won't limit yourself believe in god and you can see explosive disciple making happen here and so thanks for letting us preach thanks y'all just one sec um you guys come on down here so uh, a couple things. Uh, we don't have our regular life groups tonight, and I just want to make this pitch myself because I want to have as many people come as